Good evening. Best laid plans, right? I never can seem to get that to convert over. I want to show like a video, which I had. I only got like a five minute video here to start with, and I don't know why. It can't just. I don't know why anything that you don't just click on doesn't just automatically show up. But it's like one will and one, sometimes it won't. And uh, usually I have to have, usually Mary comes over and pokes something and then <laughs> raises a leg up or something maybe and it makes it all work. I don't know how that works. But uh, she's not with us tonight. Uh, she's had kind of an allergic reaction. I don't know what the best way to describe it is. But uh uh, she's kind of been dealing with it all day. She has them you know, ever so often, a time or two a year. So she's not with us tonight, uh, but uh, she took Benadryl as I was leaving. So she may be completely not with us by the time, uh, by the time I get home. She may be, uh, she may be sound asleep. Uh, if you like... Anybody hot? Lucille? <laughs> Everybody good? Anybody need air? Need... I don't, I don't know why. I look at Jill and Lucille, probably the two worst people to look at. I know what the answer is before I even look at them. All right. Can you make it? All right. All right. So if you like counting, I have got a book for you. All right. The book of numbers is what we are going to be looking at uh, tonight. You may have seen some books of numbers in the past, one and two and three. But it's a fitting book for what we're going to be looking at because it really is full of counting. Uh, it might would have worked better last year if we had done this in a census year in the United States. But nonetheless, that's what this is going to be dealing with. And so each night we've been covering uh, a different book of the Bible. And so tonight our focus, our goal uh, is going to be to go through the book of Numbers. Now, I will say this. You can go ahead and open up your Bible. Uh, to the book of Numbers. It'll be there pretty early, as you can see here. It's the fourth book in the Old Testament. But we're only going to be looking at a couple of different things within the Scripture. There's three or four things that we're going to read, but a lot of what we have is going to be up here. And so if you're a math person, uh, if you're a chart person, uh, this might be the night for you. All right? if, you're, if you're saying, well, I get, I get tired of reading, then you know, we might be in good shape. Uh, for this week. But the book is called Numbers, and it's the fourth book in the Old Testament. As we've said already, there's 39 Old Testament books. If you've noticed, this little thing is moving across the timeline uh, as we go. So if you skip ahead a few lessons, you'll see that it'll be like number 20, and it'll be over here somewhere. The author of Numbers is Moses, and just like the other ones, it's all written roughly the same time, around the year 1400 B.C., and this covers a relatively brief period from 1450 to 1400. To give you a little bit of clarity on where the book of Numbers really takes place is, you know, we talk about the Israelites wandering in the desert for 40 years. This is pretty much the story of them wandering in the desert for 40 years. And so they're, in a sense, aimlessly wandering because of some mistakes that they made. Uh, and that's where this book takes place. Now, last week we talked about Leviticus. And prior to that, Exodus. Leviticus and Exodus sort of run hand in hand. They're almost the exact same time period. Uh, and then Leviticus uh, is at the beginning, I guess you would say, maybe uh, of numbers here as well. Now, claims to fame, like we said there just a moment ago, 
the famous 40 years of desert wandering uh, that we see is in this book. Um, as we see here, Israel could have been a nation after a couple of years, but number shows them being, first of all, terrible fighters with little of no faith. And so God sends them to wander and build maturity and strength. And so this idea of moving, and we'll see it on the map here in a second, of going from Egypt to the Canaan land should not have been a 40-year trip, okay? It'd be kind of like saying, well, we're going to go to Florida uh, for vacation. We'll be back in 40 years, all right? That's probably not uh, the length of time that it would really take. But because of mistakes, because of uh, bad decisions, because of insults toward God, all of those are different reasons why their wandering lasts a little while. Famous stories. First of all, spies said they saw giants in the land of Moses, the, the land that Moses wanted to invade, and grieved the Lord with their lack of faith. You'll remember they sent in, uh, how many spies was it? Twelve. Twelve. And ten of them said, cannot handle. Look how many of them, I told you some numbers, we're doing math. If ten of them said no, how many of them said yes, if there were twelve? Twelve minus ten equals two. two. Alright, it's the best episode of Sesame Street ever. Alright, so there were two. Do we remember who the two were? Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb, very good. And so we're going to see kind of all of that uh, here in our uh, story here this evening. You got a couple of things here. Uh, you've, of course, got all of this on your paper, so I'm going to have to read through everything. But it takes you on a long journey through a desert that lasted 40 years because the people failed to test endurance, ethics, good judgment, and faith. Do we face any of those four things in our life today? Endurance, ethics, judgment, and faith. We all do, right? Endurance is what? The ability to what? The last. The last. To keep doing something. How many of us have good plans and we started for a while. Like, I'm kind of tired of that. All right? That's like, that's January 15th every year, right? It's like, well, I was going to do all nah, it's, it's, it's too late now. I already missed two days. Why do the other 370? Or, you know, that, that's more than a year. But anyway, how many of us have, do we ever face ethical dilemmas? Well, what is an ethical dilemma? A moral question. What's right or wrong? Do we ever, are we ever faced with a right or wrong situation? Do we ever make the wrong choice? Your hand needs to be up. We all do, right? We've all had those kinds of things. Uh, good judgment. All of us have used poor judgment at some point in our life. And then faith. Do we ever struggle with faith? The best, strongest Christians in the world struggle with faith. That's something because we are, in, we are steadily bombarded with a lack of faith. And it's hard to be able to withstand that. So the people that the Israelites that we're going to talk about here, in many cases, they were living a life similar to the one that we have. Now, there are some long lists in this book, including two censuses. I don't know if it's censuses or should be censi. I'm not sure how that works. But uh, we'll see all of those here this evening. Now, first of all, if you're a map person, here's your map. Right here is Egypt, okay? And Egypt is where the Israelites will come from. Up here is Israel. You can see Jerusalem right there. So we're talking about a distance from, let's just say from the, know, right here in the Y in Egypt, over here to the A in Canaan. So if we stretch that, I don't know, it's 75 miles, eh, 
500 miles probably covering, maybe a thousand. It's not that far. It's 3,000 miles across the United States. So it's definitely not that far. So it's much shorter than that. So the distance that they're going to have to travel is not theoretically too far. Dave, yes. If it'll let them know, that's what I'm What is it? They should have been able to traverse it in 11 days. I'd say, yeah, yeah. It's like a couple, of course, this is people walking. Yeah. You know, this was not, you know, this was not in a car uh, driving. But yeah, a couple weeks, you know, a month at the worst. Nowhere near 40 years. But you'll see here, and then these are yeah. speculative. Okay. Well, either way, it, it's, it, it's not 40. Yeah. It's certainly 40. So, this is all, first of all, it's all speculative. These routes, there's not a whole lot of uh, route evidence to show exactly which way people would have went in the first place. But, as you can see, this is sort of a wandering journey. Like, at no point should you be making loops like this if you're trying to go in a straight line. But we're going to see what was happening down here in this Sinai Peninsula while they were making this trip, right? So numbers one through four is the first uh, is the first bit of reading uh, that I want us to look at. So we got it up here on the uh, screen. Um, let's see, Daddy, we're in. Well, no, you weren't in. Connie, you weren't in. We'll go back one. that end in zeros. What is a census? It's a numbering of the people. How many of you remember filling out your census form? You can do them online, you can do them on, in paper, all that kind of stuff. And we take a census for a few things. In the United States, you take a census to know how many people are there, but also determine how many representatives you have in government, how much money is allocated maybe to your state, lots of different reasons. That's not really why they took a census. In our reading here, it says they were taking a census to try and figure out, third bullet point here, what were they trying to figure What do they need to know this number for? All who All who were able to go to war in Israel. If we go back a little bit, we saw there a minute ago, one of the stories uh, is they're going to have to take the Canaan land. you got to know how many people it's going to take before you can take this land. And so you can't just wander in and say, I don't know, we got a couple thousand. I don't know how many people we got. You can't be prepared. The military today is going to know how many soldiers they have, how many people are in a group that they're going to go and potentially fight with. That same thing is happening right here in Numbers uh, to start with. These are the first four verses of the book. So we start out with this. Now, the tribes we often talk about, the 12 tribes, 
you'll see them listed right here. And this is a count of how many people were in, or how many 20-year-old plus males who were able to go to war. Okay? Now this looked really good on my computer, then I realized that these numbers are black and it's a little hard to tell. But the taller the bar, the more men there are. That wasn't supposed to rhyme, but it did. So the biggest one is Judah. So there's more people from Judah than any other tribe. The smallest one is Manasseh. There's fewer, but still 32,000 people from the tribe of Manasseh. You can read all of this uh, in verses 5 through 51 of Numbers, uh, the first chapter. Now, you might have said, all right, Daniel, you said 12 tribes of Israel. How many bars are on here? There are 12. That's good. So we've got 12 different tribes showing up right here. Asher, Benjamin, Danny, from Gad, Issachar, Judah, Manasseh, Naphtali, Reuben, Simeon, and Zebulun. So these were the following tribes. But there's no mention of the tribe of Levi here. Now we talked about this last week with Leviticus. But I want you to turn to verse 47 in Numbers chapter 1. Verse 47 of Leviticus chapter 1. Or it's not Leviticus, I'm sorry, Numbers. The problem with doing these different books every time is I'm always stuck on the one prior to that. So that's a problem. Boo, do you care to read verses 47 through 54 in Numbers chapter 1? Okay. 47 down to the end of the chapter. Okay, so as we read through this, the question is, why wasn't the tribe of Levi counted? Verse 47 and 48 kind of tells it. Why did they not count this tribe? Yep. Of the 12 tribes of Israel. That's right. They were the priests of the 12 tribes. So why do you not want to count the priests in this census right here? They weren't going to be the ones that fought. So when we're starting to figure out if you're trying to prepare people for war, it doesn't benefit to count the people who aren't going to fight. Okay? It doesn't, that doesn't benefit for you to count. So those were the priests. But it wasn't also like the priests were just going to sit back and relax. You know, you get the, well, they don't have to fight, so it's, you know they're just going to be sitting around. You know, you know, just keep, keep feet kicked back. Not even, that's not the case. Boo read right there. What were the Levites responsible for while all these soldiers were preparing to fight? What were they responsible? What was their task? They were to 
they, they take the tabernacle, the tabernacle is a tent, and it's very complicated. They would move it forward and, and it would be available to all the tribes and, and for their daily you know, things they needed to do. And plus, they would take it into battle. I mean, they would be right there with the soldiers, not far behind. Why was the tabernacle so important? Because that's where God was. That's where God was. Now, if you read anything about war, especially old war, one of the most complicated things had nothing to do with fighting. It had everything to do with supplies. It had everything to do with feeding an army. The stuff is very important because when the soldiers aren't being fed, the soldiers aren't going to fight to the best, best of their ability. The Levites weren't necessarily just, they weren't bringing food necessarily, but they had a vital importance that had nothing to do with the actual fight. But it had everything to do with moving the camp. This may not show up super well for you, but this is how the book of Numbers describes the layout of the camp for the tribe of Israel. You might say, well, if I go camp and I'm just going to lay my sleeping bag wherever I can, or we'll pitch a tent over here wherever we can. There was exact descriptions in the book of Numbers of how the camp should be laid out. Now, that shouldn't come as a surprise because think about the exact descriptions that we read about last week in who was eligible to be a priest. Remember this kid had one arm longer than the other? That's a pretty, I don't know, there's not, you know, that's a pretty strict requirement. This is how it was laid out. They said, we're going to put the tabernacle right here in the middle. Now, that's artistic rendition, obviously. But to the north, Dan, Asher, and Naphtali would uh, camp. To the west, you have uh, Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin, Reuben, Simeon, Gad. They were like, and every time they moved the tabernacle, they moved the tents. And every time they set up camp, they set up in the exact same spot. There's a purpose for this. First of all, there's probably a protective purpose. But why else do you think there might be a requirement for set it up the same every time? You would. I think, I think that all 12 tribes have equal access to the tabernacle. Absolutely. God is there in the middle. He's uh-huh. You know, it's one thing to have a general that's up here on the top of the hill, ready to go battle. Another one to have one 50 miles behind the line. Sure. Behind the line. Any other thoughts on why they might have set it up and said set it up this way every time? Old Testament, the Old Testament, we see almost every single time specific, exact requirements. And what happens when those requirements aren't followed? will lead the people. He will lead the people. Perhaps the most famous character in the Old Testament is Moses. And Moses does so many good things. But later on in the book of Numbers, he does something that was not what he was supposed to do. Moses didn't get to go to the promised land. And you say, well, he did all of this, 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 and this, but he didn't get to go. So the Israelites set out from Sinai here on this trip. And almost as soon as they go, the Bible uses the word murmur. It says they start to murmur. What does it mean to murmur? They start to grumble. They start to complain. Now, let me explain what grumbling and complaints are. None of you all are familiar with complaining, I'm sure. So when to, to complain is to say, I don't like something. Everybody understand now? So we all complain, right? We all know it's too hot, too cold. You know, we can't get a lot of Goldilocks or it's just right. You know, it's got to be, we have these 
complaints that we always have. Why do you think the Israelites were complaining? Well, they were they were they didn't have a home. Okay. They're in the middle of the desert. Remember they've left Egypt and they're trying to get to the Canaan land. It's taken way, way, way too long. Okay. They get punished by fire. Then Moses starts to complain about them. He says they're too stubborn. And they said, well, choose 70 elders to sort of help out in the government of the people. And you need, you know, Moses couldn't handle this all on his own. Well, not long after that, Moses' sister Miriam and Moses' brother Aaron, they start to complain as well. Now, I can see somebody who maybe doesn't know Moses, one of these 47,000 people that you'd hate for your siblings to complain, right? Probably doesn't seem odd, though. How many of you all have siblings? Anybody ever had a falling out with a sibling? Okay. Tiny, you're getting raised. Tiny's the only person here. Tiny and Will are the people here that have never had a falling out with their sibling, right? Everybody else had one. We, we, no, Jill, that's right. Jill, Jill was the best, she's the best kid in the house. So, all of us know what it's like to fall out with their siblings. That's what happens here. With Moses. Miriam ends up being punished with leprosy. She set out of the camp for seven days. Uh, and then um, later we see those 12 spies, as we mentioned a minute ago. And Joshua and Caleb, two of the spies, report that the land is, quote, flowing with what? Do you remember what it was flowing with? They said it was flowing with milk and honey. What are they saying when they say that? It's good stuff. It's perfect. I don't necessarily know that there was a milk river, but when it's flowing with milk and honey, that means it was perfect. The other ten said what about the Canaan land? Cannot take it. They said that the people were what? Giants. The people were giants, and we have no hope of being able to take it. And we're grasshoppers compared to it. Two said yes, ten said no. Who was supposed to be guiding them? through this entire journey. God. God was. So it's funny that God is guiding them. God's guiding them on this journey. And the people say, we can't do it. Does that ever happen with us today? I mean, I think we teach that God is, you know, I don't know that necessarily God's carrying me all the way through. God's guiding my journey, hopefully. And we look at things and we say, I can't do that. I can't do that. How many of us have ever said that? I can't do that. How many of us have ever said that with regards to religious things? You know, I'd like to be part of the church, but I just can't do that. I want to be a good person. I just can't do that. We all have those experiences in our lives. And we kind of forget. Bible says that God's for us to watch. Who could be against us? That's not what those ten spies said, right? They said, well, God's for us, but those, ten people, those other people are giants and we can't do anything about it. God punishes the Israelites by saying, your loss of faith is going to require you to wander in the desert for 40 years. That's a long time. I will be 40 years old in September. Which means that if I'm going back in time... I had started wandering the day I was born. I'd be done wandering in September. That's a long time. Think back 40 years ago. 40 years ago was 1981. 
What was you doing in 1981? Imagine wandering aimlessly from 1981 to today. That's a long time. Later, Miriam will die. Israelites blame Moses for a lack of water as they're wandering around. And Moses is ordered by God to go speak to a rock. But what does Moses do when he's told to go speak to the rock? Does anybody remember? He hit the rock, didn't he? Boom. Moses was extremely angry. Been listening, yes. Been listening to him complain for 40 years, you might as well say. I'm tired of hearing it. Moses uses the word we and he uses the word I right there. He strikes that rock and he gets punched. Now he had the ability to bring forth water, but he went about it all wrong. He let his frustration get the best of him right there. How many of us have done right for so long? And then we let our frustration get the best of us. That ever happened? And we sometimes we'll spin it, we'll say, well, I've been doing all these things right, nobody appreciates it. Everybody's mad, everybody's fussing. That becomes our excuse for what? For doing wrong, right? Is complaints and fussing and people not respecting what we're doing, is that an excuse for us to do wrong? It's not. But do we use that? We kind of did. Moses experienced that as well. Aaron dies a little bit later, but what does God tell Moses after he strikes that rock to bring forth the water? God tells him what? Forty years worth of doing right, undone by what? By st- one wrong thing. We see that today. We see people that have stellar lives and they make a terrible decision in 60 or 65 or 70 and they ruin their legacy from now to the end of time. Mm-hmm. And that's just in a secular world, you know, in the, in the world that we live in. Uh, you can run it really, really quick. You know? Sure. You can have that one overnight flame with this girl in there goes 40, 50 years back, just like that. Uh, and we see that happen quite often. If you move ahead to Numbers chapter 26, so as Brent would say, turn a few pages to the right. They'll take a second census. Let's look at Numbers 26. Numbers 26. Jill, do you care to read verses 1 and 2 in Numbers 26? Eleazar. Oh, that's good. That's good. Two is fine. So if you're saying, well, wait a minute, that sounds extremely familiar. It's almost word for word what you read in number one. Only thing is a whole lot of time has passed. And so after they've wandered for 40 years, it's time for them to take a second census and see what does our numbers look like? Well, here they are. This is the first set of numbers. This is the second set of numbers. You're not going to be tested on anything like that. But over here on the end, it shows the percent change. If it has a minus beside it, that means there's fewer people in that tribe than there used to be. If it does not have anything in front of it, then that means their population 
has grown. And as you can see, some of these tribes have grown quite a bit. Some, like the tribe of Simeon, have lost quite a bit. Overall, the amount of people has went down just a small amount, about almost 2,000 people. And so for 40 years, this group of people uh, had sort of wandered. But we tend to think, I know I tend to think about, well, they just all wandered around for 40 years. It's not really accurate. Think about how many people have lived and died in the last 40 years of your life. How many, if you made a list of people that you know that have passed away from 1981 to today, how long would it be? be a long time. Flip side, if you made a list of how many people you know have been born between 1981 and today, how many would it be? We add to it every day. We're almost hoping one here yesterday or whenever that was. You're adding to that number. And so the Israelites, as they wondered, they were adding to and they were taking away from those numbers as well. So they decide we need to get the military counted back up, as it were. Yes? I think it's important to know that God counted the men, he counted the men, the males, that they were going to battle those are above 20 years old. And he let them wander for 40 years. They would be pretty much died off. Yes, that was the purpose. Uh-huh. And God did not want cowards in his army. Mm-hmm. He, did not want, he did not want cowards in his army today. Sure. This is the church. If you're afraid to go to church, if you're afraid to stand up for what's right, if you're afraid to profess Jesus as the Lord, then God doesn't. You, you may think you're in the church, but you're not. You know, God will not allow it. And he will weed it. And, and of course, the judgment day will weed out those. Okay. Other thoughts on it? I know we've not really had a lot. Of, I don't know. The discussion hasn't been a lot. We, we've kind of been going through a whole lot. So I hope I'm not leaving you out on, uh, on some of this. Let's turn over to Numbers chapter 27. Numbers chapter 27. And it's more specifically to verse 12. So in verses 1 through 11 in Numbers chapter 27, um, they go through sort of a description of how to divide the land uh, and the laws regarding the inheritance of the land and all of that. But in chapter 27, starting in verse 12, a new leader is going to be appointed. And this name should look familiar to you based on what the story has been so far. First of all, uh, Numbers 27. Uh, Linda, do you care to read 27 verses 12, 13, and 14? Kadesh. Okay, so he takes Moses up and he sa- and he shows it to him, right? You know, Moses is not going to be allowed to go in. And I think not being allowed to go into the promised land would be tough. But maybe what would be even tougher is having to go and look at it, but not getting to go. Why would it be so difficult if you've led these people all the way through to get to look at the promised land, but not to actually get to go. Why would that be, why would that be tough? You're going to see what you missed. You are. Well, it's, I mean, 40 years. You, you've overcome Egypt. You've know, brought the people out of the Lord. You've wandered 40 years, and then now you don't get to really 
it's like teams that just say they go to the NCAA championship basketball game and they're seniors and they work and they work and they work and they get there and they get beaten overtime, you know. Right. But they don't get the championship. No. They're this close. Yep. That close, you're exactly right, but you don't get a trophy, you don't get any kind of, no prize, no anything that says you made it. And Moses had been, in a sense, the right-hand man of God this whole way through. But, Moses can be upset about it, but who did Moses have to blame for not getting to go? Himself. It's easy to blame other people, it's not always easy to blame ourselves. Okay, let's go a little further. Verses 15, 16, and 17. Uh, Annette, do you care to read 15 through 17 there at Numbers 27? Hold on, hold on, just a second. So through 17 there, Moses said, well, let's put somebody in charge that need that, that should be there. So we'll hold on for that for just a second. Uh, and it, now do 18 through 20, please. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take thee, Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, lay thy hand upon him, and set him before Elazar, the priest, and before all the congregation, Give him a charge in your sight, and thou shalt put some of thine honor upon him, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. Thank you. Now, the last three verses in Numbers 27 is a description of why Joshua was put in charge. Tommy, you want this one? Uh, you got your you got your Bible this week, so you won't be uh, stumbling over them. So in a sense here, you have Moses kind of handing over his leadership role. But it says right here, as we read, at his word, they shall go, he's talking about Joshua, they shall go out, and at his word, they shall come in, he and all the children of Israel with him, all the congregation. Moses will not get to go into the promised land. Joshua will get to lead the people in. Why does Joshua get to do this? Why did Joshua get to lead him in? Because uh, he was one of the two people to say, to say it, it's going to be good, we can all go in. But the other ten, uh, review, um, the other ten said no. Right. So he got to go because he had, Joshua got to be the leader here because he had proven that he had the strength, the will, the ability to say, we can do this. Now, the courage as well. How does that affect us? We'll finish right there. How does that, what's the lesson for us leaving here?
strong with good courage. Be strong. Mm -hmm. We have to be strong with good courage. We may be diagnosed with cancer. We may be diagnosed with COVID or kidney failure. Uh, troubles come, family members die, or this, that, that. You got to be strong. You got to pray something. And Paul said they beat him, they, they flogged him, they did everything in the world they could to him. And we always do is look at Jesus. We look at Jesus. We look at Joshua here in the Old Testament that will take the people in. Uh, we, we see Jesus in the New Testament that will take us into heaven. But we've got to follow. We got to. We can't go I think that's true. And I think that's for us what our lesson should be. Is to, 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 to even though the, the Israelites are people who have numerous examples of just things going wrong. And they, they fell aside. They, 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 they quit. They complained. They mumbled. They groaned. They, they lived and died. All the same things will happen for us. So hopefully uh, you gain a little something from it uh, tonight. And uh, look at the numbers. Uh, there's uh, some interesting things there to, uh, to, to see. Uh, if you're having trouble sleeping tonight, go back and read that census count. That'll put you to sleep uh, really quick. You start learning all your tens of thousands of numbers there. Uh, there. Well, it probably would have been easier if they had it on a computer instead of, uh, instead of having to write it out. What's our next lesson going to be? Anybody know? Deuteronomy. Good. First part next week, you'll have to be able to spell it. If you can't spell it, then you don't get to participate. So, is that, I'm just kidding. Thank you.